Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. The following broadcast has been approved for Elite Hornets fans. What a block by Cody Zeller. Walker, down the lane, drive, shoots, scores! Game over! Bringing back the buzz is only the beginning. We will not go quietly into the night! It's Hornets talk for the hardcore fan. It's Hive Talk Live. Welcome in, Hornets fans. You are listening to Hive Talk Live on atthehive.com. It's Hornets Talk for the hardcore fan, and we are live in the Gittimer.com studios in beautiful uptown Charlotte. I'm Doug Branson. David, we're back in the comfortable confines of uh, our studio. It's nice in here. We lit some candles. I hope all our, our, our Wisconsin friends made it home safely, though. They uh, didn't enjoy themselves on, on Yeah, I'm Sunday. glad they didn't enjoy themselves, but I'm, I'm sure they, they got home safely. Yeah, they, they, they did, and they Maybe with, now. Maybe with a few less wins and a few less banners. One less banner. <laughs> that was just a fable, though. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter, folks, at Hive Talk Live, and visit us online at HiveTalkLive.com. You can listen to us live every Tuesday at 6 o'clock p.m. at HiveTalkLive.com. Make sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. To listen to Hornets talk anytime, anywhere. So yes, we're we're back in the studio. By the way, thanks again to our friends at Fitzgerald's and Bring Back the Buzz uh, for that Saturday live event. It was a really good time. Yeah, it was fun. It was good. It was a good experience for us because we want to get out into the community more. So I would say, hey, pay attention, look out because. You know, don't trip over our uh, XLR cable because we're going out into the community more. (laughs) Get me choked up over here, Doug. I'm so excited about that. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think it's cool. It was a good experience. We got to feel the vibe. There is, you know, I know what these rock stars are talking about when they get the live (laughs) feedback and energy. I mean, it was just like that for us. We got the energy from the Wisconsin-Maryland football game. It was in there. The energy was flowing. That's right. We did have a few fans come out, including uh, our our friend, our new friend, our Josh. Our new friend, Josh. Who we got qualified for a chance to win those uh, tickets to Hornets Celtics coming up uh, in around Christmas time, uh, December 23rd, I believe. We'll have more information about how you out there, the listeners, can get qualified for those tickets as well. So stay tuned for more information on that. Stay tuned to this show, by the way. We're going to have a look around the the interwebs, the the tubes, and check out some Hornets links. We also have Nick's picks coming up, so it's a big show. As let's see, we got a fantasy update as well. So big show, but first we have to talk about this uh, loss that the the Hornets uh, took at the hands of San Antonio. David, it was going so well. It was going well. It was the Hornets. I mean, the Hornets went punch for punch. With what the thirty-six time NBA champion San Antonio Spurs, yeah, and that's right, give rulers of the universe, correct. Sure. And then in the third corner, Manu Ginobili severed his arm and and attached a robotic arm that was only meant to 
destroy and annihilate. Man, I tell you what, it's like, I mean, you, you think the, you always know that they have the firepower. Someone can step up and do it. Mm-hmm. And watching the Spurs over the years, Manu is often that guy. And it comes like, it comes out of nowhere and it hits you in the face and you just have no time to react. I mean, he went on an explosion in that third quarter at the end of the third quarter too. I mean, yeah, four minutes left. Jefferson hits a, an eight footer floating jump shot. And then less than two minutes later, the Hornets who were up two, were suddenly down seven points and it was all over uh, i mean a nine point swing in less than two minutes two of those ginobili three pointers and then a leonard uh three the hard way but you can't make mistakes you can't make some of the mistakes the hornets did along the way against a team like the spurs and i know clifford and a lot of people talked about that you know during the game along before the game that's obvious but you give them an inch and they're, they're going to kill you i mean you give them that room to you know, make that push. And if you don't respond right away and, and get something going, then it's going to be a long night. And once they got up, I mean, what were they up? 15, 20 it went before, you know, in the blink of an eye. Yeah. I think the, the storyline coming out of this game w- was that the second unit for the Hornets really struggled to keep up with, let's be honest, a, a, Probably a starting unit in Brooklyn. Think, think about the experience, the di- the experience difference between those two units. David West, Manu Ginobili, Patty Mills, Patty Mills, who can get <laughs> flaming hot in in the blink. Think of, of an eye. think of just the playoff experience between that Jeremy Lamb, uh, Tyler Jeremy, Zeller, yeah. Jeremy Lin. Uh, but to be honest, crazy. like Co- uh, Kimbo was out there some um, during this run. Kimbo was out there. Batum was out there. Some, so I mean, it, there was a mix, but even if you got the Hornet starters out there, the experience factor leans heavily in the favor of the Spurs. Yeah. Batum had a, a really crucial turnover where he tried to feed the post. And it, it reminded me of Cam's interception there at the end of that green Bay game. It was just sort of a, a head scratcher. So, I think blame lies with the starting unit for getting the ball rolling on that uh, Spurs run. But then you look at it and you go, the second unit for the Hornets just couldn't punch back. Yeah. They couldn't muster that's whatever they lot. needed to muster. No, absolutely. And and this is not – No, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like you, you got to look at the Spurs and go, they they did the same thing to Sacramento, by the way, last night. They they scored thirty four or thirty five in the fourth quarter. That's what they did. So, I mean, this team is built to do whatever they need to do in the first half, and then turn up the juice in the second half. And that's a thing for Pop. I mean, he will turn to that second unit and say, "Okay, we need you to go out there and get this back for us." Or you know, "Hey, we're resting everyone tonight. <laughs> You're now starters, and we need you to go get this win for us." So that that group is well prepared. Obviously, they're well coached. So um, I felt good about it watching the Hornets for you know a majority of that game. Uh, they did play with a lot of confidence and they had some success. It's just sometimes when those punches come in waves and you can't respond, uh, then you're going to be in trouble, especially against championship teams like the Spurs. But Kimball Walker uh, had a great game. And that, that was good to see. I mean, I'm glad you said that because you, you've been waiting for Kimba to have one of those nights and he looked really good. Yeah, I'm getting. I'm pulling up the the full stats here on that one. Um, and, and and we should have thought about that before because Tony Parker is is, is uh, you know struggling here to start the season. 
he's got a lot of miles on him, and that's that was an opportunity for Kemba to really use his quickness and his young legs to get some opportunities, and he did. So that's that's good to see. Well, and you saw Tony Parker early in the game slashing to the basket, getting some good looks, uh, and but y- you can see his age starting to kind of catch yeah. up with him. And Kemba and company were able to slow him down in the second half of the game. So the full stat line for Kemba: eleven of fifteen from the field, twenty-seven points. That'll do it. And then uh, two for two from beyond the arc. And it really kind of goes to what he's been able to do this season, which is consistently knock down three-point shots. I think he's been better at moving the ball around. He hasn't had a double-digit assist game yet, but he is more consistently hitting around that five, six, seven mark, Mm -hmm. which is where you you want to see him. You would love to see him raise his points per game to 18, 19, to hit around that six, seven assist mark. I mean, to me, that's the that's what you want out of Kemba Walker for this year. Yeah, and I say that'll come, but you know, they've added so many new ball handlers this year, and so many more guys that can create. In years past, it was just Kemba, so now he's got some help out there. So it does make sense that his assists will go down a little bit, but with the amount of shots and the the higher percentage of makes this team is is converting this year. You know, you would think he'd settle in around that mark that you just mentioned. Uh, but he's a scoring point guard. Um, and anytime you see him go 11 for 15, that is that is nice. Yeah, I mean, efficiency has been That's the, his the, biggest thing, yeah. the biggest thing for Kimball Walker. So anytime you see him go out, and you have to remember, I mean, late in December last season, he was pulling these numbers consistently. Yeah. We, we know... Player of the month or week? I believe that came in late. I want to say after he came back from the initial injury. Or no, I thought it, it was right before. It was right before. I'll take a look. But If only we had some sort of Some machine. sort of stat machine. Uh, no, but I, I think Kimball Walker is capable of doing this night in and night out. It, it's just, and he had to last season. So uh, this season, you know, we've seen Batum take a, a larger role, and then we've seen the bench. And that's another thing, too. I mean, we talk about how the bench struggled in this game, but a lot has been heaped on to this second unit. You know, a lot of responsibility. I mean, they're getting a lot of minutes spread out between Lynn Lamb and Zeller. Yeah. So, I mean, early on, I, by design or by necessity, Clifford has come out and and basically said with his rotations that, this is going to be an offense that spreads spreads itself out. It's not Tibbsian. It's not de- right. heavily dependent on that first unit to perform. And a lot of that has to do with Jefferson, who right now I believe is only averaging what, 26 minutes per game, which would have been would have been absurd in the past couple of years. Yeah, he played 30 minutes against uh, San Antonio. It's tough when – you get down that much and you're trying to go to him to come back it's it's a really tough ask I think of of the whole team and and Al um you mentioned Kemba and you know it's interesting this year you don't have to have it every night from him obviously but it's good to have options where you say Kemba you've got the advantage tonight you know go get your points and on other nights you can say that Al will have the advantage and then some of the new players hopefully a Batum uh, some of your wing players will will be able to take advantage of it. So, like we've said, Clifford's got more options this year. Um, and also, I mean, this is, you know, hey, after playing a, a tough opening schedule, go play the Spurs in San Antonio. You know, not that it gets easy for you along the way in the NBA, but 
um, you know, that, that's, that's a good test for, for the Hornets. And you know, they hadn't gotten blown out. They hadn't lost any games big time. So it was probably good for them to see. I mean, you're trying to find silver linings now. But, you know, uh, it's, a, it's always a measuring stick when you face a championship team. So they can see a lot of things they need to work on. Another silver lining, Frank Kaminsky got a little more run than usual. And <sighs> he was, again, efficient, two of three. Uh, knocked down another three-pointer. I believe that was his first shot of the game. Three or four from the line for eight points. So again, Frank. Nine minutes. Well, look. Oh, <laughs> yes. Uh, and we'll talk. We're gonna. They, we're we got a whole discussion lined up about <laughs> minutes and rotations later on in the show. But, you but, know, Hall's played. Thir- you know, it's but here's a here. here's if if you're on the Frank Kaminsky bandwagon, then what you have to take from it is this. That again, this is to me, this is where the four years of college, the experience, the readiness comes in, is that he's able to efficiently produce and able to make a mark on the game with only nine minutes of action. That to me, that's impressive. Yeah. Because again, you've got no rhythm. You've got you didn't get in the game early. You didn't you know what I'm saying? I mean, you, you yeah. he gets to come off and and do those kind of things. And to me, that's impressive. Well, it's good that you you knew he'd be able to score and shoot the ball, which is what we've seen. Like in this game, he was able to do that, which is great because we've seen plenty of rookies that you thought you could bank on something and then, you know, it doesn't show up in the game. So from that standpoint, it's good. Zero rebounds for Frank. I mean, obviously we know the strength and, and working inside is, is the major weakness for him right now and what he's going to have to work on from a physical standpoint. But Anytime you can get two for three, you know, um, and get to the line, that's good. So uh, hopefully the minutes will come. I know people are anxious to see it. Who knows? We'll see. But uh, you have to look at that in a positive way, too. Let us know what you thought of the Spurs game, the the loss to the San Antonio Spurs on Twitter at Hive Talk Live or on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Hive Talk Live. We want to know what you think. We'll read it here on the show. So the Hornets have another tough matchup. I don't think that on paper it looked tough at the beginning of the year, but you look at this Minnesota game, and I don't want to talk too deep about it because it's uh, it happens tonight, so it's going to be old You know, by the time people take a listen to this tomorrow. If you want more information, pre- deep preview stuff, make sure to head over to atthehive.com and read the game preview. But this is another tough matchup. And then uh, taking the Minnesota game, they have seven games – in 11 days Mm. so it doesn't stop for this Hornets team now the the level of competition loosens up a little bit but you you still have a ton of games guys it's going to have to offense and defense is going to have to come from the second unit later on in this stretch because you know I think you could even see later on in this stretch I think you could even see kind of deep cuts from Tyler Hansborough and, and Troy Daniels really well just you know spot Happening yeah. later on in this stretch. I mean, seven games in eleven days—that's no joke. You're going to need help from all angles. Yeah, I mean, yeah that's no, a good I'm, point. You know, I'm not talking about. You're not you talking know, about. I'm not talking about psychotic starting. Running but, running a plays for uh, Hansbro. No, I'm just saying, you might see. You know, hopefully, you see them uh, making actual contributions as opposed to getting garbage minutes, because it, it seems like it's been hot or cold for the Hornets. They they've been getting guys in garbage minutes because either they they're blowing out teams or. As was the case in San Antonio, they were getting blown out. Right, yeah. But this, you know, this Minnesota team, I'll tell you what, kind of getting a little off subject here, but I was watching 
some Carl Anthony Towns highlights, a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And and that says a lot, David, that that I could watch a rookie seven, eight games in, and I'm already watching highlight reels. Because this cat, excuse my pun, uh-huh. is the real deal. And it's, it's going really to be good. tough. It's uh, I believe Derek James on Twitter said he was really interested in seeing Carl Anthony Towns versus Al Jefferson, and it's because Carl Anthony Towns affects inside scores. Yeah, and Al has trouble with those guys, the the long length of athletic Yeah, lengthy athletic guys. We we saw it with Joakim. He struggled against Noah. And Horford. And Horford. um, Yeah, but, you know, Al, of course, has – has the season veteran status in this matchup, so he, he's definitely going to pull out. He some does, moves. but from what I've seen from Carl Anthony, the guy is unafraid. I mean, he's confident. Confidence yeah. out the well, roof. He's backed up by KG, so he can't be afraid of. That's <laughs> not an option. It helps when KG is just screaming in your ear just, the entire you can feel time. His the bench gaze. is like a Metallica concert, <laughs> like the front row of a Metallica concert. So. <laughs> that helps, you know, in terms of focus. Yeah, you know, going into this, and, and I watched the uh, – we talked about the Hawks game last night for the Wolves, and you see he does he, – he beats Horford to the spot a couple of times, and he gets really quick uh, looks inside and, and gets to the basket when he needs to. And you would think that Al would have some sort of advantage, at least on on the offensive end is where it's the only place it's going to be because even, on, even when Towns has the ball, he, he's very effective. And, I mean – He's still growing into that role, I think, but you know he makes moves that that are tough for defenders to stay in front of him. Well, it's going to take a team effort from the Hornets yeah. tonight to keep him out of that deep post position. He's so good at getting it because of his uh, amazingly quick feet. I mean, it's absurd how quick his feet are and how knowledge- he knows how to use them. So there's that. I mean, we've seen a lot of guys with quick feet, Noah Vonley, Biz on the Hornets, who didn't know – exactly how to use those quick feet and so they couldn't get that post position but he has strength he has the quick feet I mean he has these little subtle moves like this little hop move that he uses to get in front of guys if you take your eyes off of him for one moment he it's, it's he knows he's got he eyes in the back he can of get his off hand. the floor pretty fast right I mean, uh, yeah I mean, yeah he can get to the rim Al would you know it would serve the Hornets well to get a couple early fouls on him if that's possible I mean um you know, maybe maybe limit his playing time a little bit, but and we're sitting here talking about Carl Anthony Towns and the the thirty point score a game. Yeah. Andrew Wiggins is like, hey guys, what about me? Man, if you don't if you don't stop him, impede him somehow on the wing. I mean, you saw it a couple of times in those highlights last night. He, it doesn't take much for him to take two two steps to dribbles and, and get to the rack. I mean, he he may be coming into his own. A lot faster than than some people have thought, but he's he looked really good last night. The one thing was we mentioned it a little bit before the show, uh, Teague and and Schroeder for Atlanta do pose. I mean they have they're going to have difficulty staying with Wiggins, whereas hopefully the Hornets can throw someone with a little more length at him, a PJ, a Batum, a Lamb, somebody like that. Yeah, I think that's key. And we talked about it before the show. What we've seen out of Andrew Wiggins is that he loves to back you down, and he can do it because. He has the long arms and he has the lower body strength. He shoot right over and a he, smaller guy. He can he can turn around. Yeah, exactly. He's quick enough. He can spin over into the lane. And so you're going to need PJ size and quickness. And I think they would be wise. You got to body him to throw different looks at him. So throw Batum on him when you can. Throw PJ and give him different looks defensively. That way you you because what Atlanta did 
is they let Andrew get into a rhythm. He had 17 points. What, 8 of 10 shooting, you said? Yeah. And once you let this guy get into a rhythm, once you let him half, get confident. Oh, yeah, in the first <laughs> half. Excuse me. Excuse. That's not even for the game. Yeah. So you have to disrupt this guy's rhythm. And, and you know, they switched Bazemore onto him in the second half. About then, you're right. It didn't and matter. And Bazemore fouled out. It didn't that's matter. How he, couldn't, he couldn't handle it. And that's yeah. that's going to be key for P.J. too because we've seen P.J. get a little handsy sometimes and try to draw charges. Andrew Wiggins, quick enough, he can beat you to the spot. Man. So P.J. may get into foul trouble tonight. And I'll tell you what, you look at Wiggins and and you, you see the athleticism, obviously. If you watched him any in college, you saw that. If he starts to put it together – and the game slows down for him. I mean, that's a, he's a superstar in the making there mm-hmm. that could be a difference maker. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, uh, so again, anyway, that, enough that, about other people's draft picks. Yeah, that, <laughs> <laughs> that game tips up. Well, there, you know what? Switching it sort of to one of the teams that's in our own division, the Orlando Magic. That's where I see the big difference when people talk about, oh, Orlando's got so much you know, burgeoning young talent, they could really be a contender this year. And I look at that talent and I go, there's no one or two guys that comes up near to the level of an Andrew Wiggins no. or a Carl Anthony Towns. And so you end up having the the five guys sort of just bouncing into one another and, and, and all trying to get through the door at the same time. And there's, you know, whereas Minnesota, they've got a mix of young talent and veterans like Kevin Martin and KG and they've got these two you know extreme talent where they've got extreme athleticism and extreme agility and and to me that's that's the difference man can you imagine had Wiggins stayed in Cleveland just just learned on, under LeBron just a little bit LeBron didn't want it no he left him out of the letter LeBron's not didn't in the letter it. it's not gonna happen well, because if you're you look, why not? There, there have the 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 Cavs. Not to get way too LeBron, well, we're already off subject, but that 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 team right now is like some sort of like traveling family band. I mean, their their Halloween parties, their headbands, <laughs> their mustaches. I mean, they're having the best time. I don't see why they wouldn't want anyone to just come in and grab a guitar. Cleveland is the Partridge family. They really are, the and they don't even have Kyrie back. So. <laughs> It's LeJean Brains. That's That's what I said. That's what I said. That's what I said. Uh, Man, we've got so much more. We're going to talk some Hornets, too. Uh, Looking ahead, (laughs) looking ahead past this Minnesota game, the the Hornets will have the Knicks at home on uh, Wednesday, and then they travel, dun-dun-dun, to Chicago. Mm. That's good. I they, think they might. Rem- yeah, that's going to be tough, right? You know, I don't know what is going on in, in Chicago because I saw that uh, Noah was was going to be put in the starting lineup last night, and then couldn't after go. they announced, okay, yeah, he couldn't go. It was okay. in, in some kind of injury deal, and then Miritich. Yeah, I tell you, look, Chicago is going to get up for that game, but they've got a lot of issues. They, yeah, something's. I mean, because Miritich then goes and shoots the lights out in that game that Noah had to sit. And so now if you're Hoiberg, you're going, God, what the, what the hell do I do? I think. Yeah. I think he's like that. They're going to be ready for that one. And, and you know, sort of ringing this back to the Hornets, it, it, you got to give Clifford one thing. He said, look, I'm going to go with these guys. I'm going to stick with it, and, and nothing is going to knock me off that for eight or nine games. A, a week. <laughs> yeah. No, no, you're right, though. But you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. He, There was no, like, oh, Lamb in the starting lineup? Oh, maybe, maybe, because this is what happens. What happens is what you have in Chicago. Well, also, and then you don't have 
uh, rumors that Noah went to Hoiberg and asked that. And then they asked him and said, no, I didn't do that. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, right, you don't have those things. Yeah. So, well, th- th- but yeah, that, that's a good one. And then they'll be back in Charlotte Sunday against Gerald Henderson, who's probably not playing, and, and the Noah Vonley, tra- and- who's probably not playing. <laughs> <laughs> so at least there's one there's one move I think the Hornets got the better end of there. Uh, but the the Knicks game too, another hidden little gem in that game. Something to watch for is that it looks like finally Aaron Aflalo is going to make his debut for the Knicks. So to me, that's a little bit of a trap game because you haven't had a chance to scout really what Aaron Aflalo can do. He played, I believe, the first two games of the preseason and then uh, had to go out. So you know, he he it's been a will he won't he for the past couple of week or for the past couple of games with Aflalo. Now it looks like he's going to make his debut against the Hornets. And if you'll remember too, they had no Carmelo in that preseason matchup with the Hornets. So you really can't take anything from that preseason game. No. And and now they have to you know, face another superstar in, of course, I'm talking about Kristaps Porzingis. Porzingis. <laughs> I'm kind of looking forward to seeing Porzingis. It, yeah, I mean, he's a fun guy to watch play basketball. I mean, look. That's a good home game for the Hornets, though. They should, uh, you know, that should be one that they can perform well in. Well, you have to, I think, yeah. because that's a team – in in the Knicks that are right there, they're yeah. going to be right there with exactly, you. exactly. And Carmelo has had his way once or twice against the Hornets. Uh, no MKG, obviously, uh, to, to to guard him, but um, that's got to be one. You're right; they're going to be head to head the whole season. You would think. Yeah, Carmelo almost hit a game winner for the Knicks last season in Charlotte, and I believe some Kimba heroics. Yeah, he hit the layup to win the game against mm-hmm. uh, Amari Stoudemire. In the, yes, in the exactly, final seconds. Exactly. So there was some drama there. So I'm sure Carmelo maybe wants to get one back against the Hornets. But again, they've got a lot of new players. They've got uh, Robin Lopez, Aaron Aflalo. They've got Kristaps uh, obviously playing very well. And then Langston Galloway. I'm going to say I'm gonna, he might end up in my fantasy update. Okay. But Langston Galloway is another guy coming off the bench. Probably shouldn't be. I'm not telling Derek Fisher how to coach. Derek Williams and his hair. He plays for the Knicks, right? Derek Williams, yeah. yeah. Kylo Quinn. I mean, they've got a lot of pieces. They're not last year's Knicks, is what we're saying. That's all I'm saying. I, there, there won't be nearly as many Knicks jokes. No. Speaking of Knicks, Knicks picks coming up later in the show. Mm, Nicky picks. But first, we I, I really wish we could have gotten Corey on the show. He wrote the links piece on atthehive.com, but uh, he was a little under the weather. But I, I got this cool new intro music for the link segment. So... Link me, Amadeus! Get link me. Daily, now weekly. Strongly, now weekly. On the level you meet me. Link me 26 Street. Wow. <laughs> what do you think? I like here's, it. Here's what the listeners have to know. I I prep this show, and I, I don't let David hear anything before the show. I do not prep the show. That's how we do it. You prep, you prep everything, and, that and took, I come in and just interrupt you for an hour. Well, I heard that you really have to, like with comedy or with anything that's really improvised, <laughs> uh-huh. I sound like Michael Scott here, Go ahead. like explaining comedy. I'm just saying- Michael Scarn. Michael Scarn. I've, I've, I've been told that you, you need to prepare things to a certain point, so you can't overcook things, but you can't undercook things. So I feel like we're a good balance because you 
you come off the cuff a lot and then I <laughs> don't. You know, I sort of prep everything around that and we make a good team. It's like peanut butter and jelly. I don't like peanut butter and jelly. Exactly. <laughs> I love awkward. it. This is awkward. All right, links. ESPN's Bradford Doolittle ranks the top 30 NBA point guards in the league. Kimba coming in at 16th. He is right behind Drew Holiday from uh, the New Orleans Pelicans and ahead of Marcus Smart and Reggie Jackson. And at 19, Derek Rose. Are you okay with Kimba outside of the top 15 in these point guard rankings. Yeah, I'm trying to scroll through here and see where he might jump some of these dudes. And I mean, Drew Holiday, Ty Lawson, Jeff Teague, Goran Dragic, uh, George Hill. You know, I think Drew Holiday and I mean Ty Lawson. That's a very to me. That's Ty Lawson is you're you're projecting that he'll do okay in Houston. Yeah, and but so, I think he's. And so far, he's had a, a off court problems withstanding. I mean, he's I, had a decent start to the season for yeah, Houston, but I think, I think that's about right for Kimba. I mean, the consistency is always going to be the thing, right? Um, and, and so you're still looking to see that from all, everybody had. I mean, you get up to Dragic, who was all NBA, what, two years ago, three years ago? Mm-hmm. Uh, and Teague, you know, he's captain in a 60 win team. So he's not going to move up a whole lot more than that. And George Hare, George Hill. George Hill gets a lot of love. I said George Hare because I was thinking of the, the Cisco. Yeah. The Cisco look that he's got. Uh, okay, next link. Jeremy Lin happy with his new role in Charlotte. This coming from a CBSSports.com article. Lin saying he's happy with his role. He's comfortable with the consistency that he's getting. And I think that's important, David, because, you know, we talk about – Oh, is he getting 17 minutes? Is uh, this guy getting this many minutes? And this guy's getting 37 minutes, whatever, starting, bench. But for a lot of these guys, consistency and and definition of role mean more to your game than counting minutes. I asked uh, Marvin at Media Day about, you know, his minutes per game and that he that he led the team in minutes. He had no idea. He was like, oh, okay. Because all I think a lot of these guys, all they care about is what is my role on this team? Mm-hmm. A- am I doing that? Am I getting the ball in places where I can execute that role if it's offense? And and you know, is that consistent? We saw with Lynn, like in LA and Houston, where he's getting again that like vaudeville crane all of a sudden. Yeah. And that's a that's a staple of Clifford. I mean, as we've said, he he's gonna let guys know or there's not gonna be much no, it's uh, it's going to be clear where people stand for the most part, you know. Once you get going into the season, especially so, um, and he's gotten a lot of crunch time minutes too. So I mean, if you're a player, you're going to like that. You don't really care as much about starting as as when the, as when you play and the success you're having and how it's working overall as a team. So that's good to hear because he's been a big addition. I think he's been a good addition to this team so far, and he's one of the one of the more impactful players that Clifford can depend on. Yeah, and and you want as a player that has a player option in the second year, if he you, you want know, him happy, you want him happy. Yeah, if you continue if he continues to be effective, then you want him to be comfortable with his role. And that's the thing with Lynn, like so he struggled to shoot late in that game and it certainly hurt the Hornets' chances of, you know, making that that again, that punch back. So yeah. it was sort of like Batum and a couple of other errors that led to the seven point deficit. And then 
Uh, Lynn missed like two shots in a row pretty badly. And so, again, the, the second unit struggled to punch back. But even in nights like that, he can affect a game with his energy and, and his ability to to get to the basket and disrupt in the same way that Kimba can. I said, I said on Twitter during that Spurs game, Kimba can dribble in zero gravity. I mean, the man, and, and and you 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 look at it and you go, oh, that's that's cool, that's nice. But you have to understand like how that disrupts a defensive, you know, the defensive mindset and the defensive flow. Yeah, and, and the same thing goes for Lynn. Yeah, and I think it does say a lot actually about Clifford and the coaching staff as well because. You know, if there's friction there, uh, he's not going to be happy with his role, and, and you know, no player is if there's if there's some ambiguity on as to, as far as what's going on. So, uh, it's it's a good start, and especially when you're considering what the what Hornets are sitting two and four right now. Uh, so it definitely could be better. Uh, but if people are happy and they and then see successes happening along the way, then then that goes a long way. Well, and and a part of that is expectations weren't incredibly high for this team so a two and four start here is going to be a little bit different than say a two and four start in golden state or los angeles for the clippers i mean Mm. so yeah you you've got those kind of things going on but you know i think it's good when you anytime you hear comments about how the locker room is coming together you Uh, like that as a hornets fan right yeah as opposed to last year um because that's what that's what they found a lot of their success the year before that when they made the playoffs. It was such a good locker room. They had so much positivity coming out of that. So I I still think that was a goal for them to get back to a place of of uh, a good place in the locker room in the offseason. And it sounds like they did that. So that's that is good. All right, it is time for a fantasy update. Really quickly, because no one wants to hear about your fantasy team, let's take a look at the standings of the Hive Talk Live ESPN Roto Fantasy League. Uh, who's in the lead? Simon Lee takes the lead. I'm in the middle of the pack in eighth place, down six points uh, and down from fifth place. David, despite making the most moves of any team at the league, sits at 15th. You're why, fiddling, why and it's not working. Why wouldn't you make moves? <laughs> why wouldn't you make moves? I don't know. It's, it's got you at 15th. I don't know. Out of well, 17th. I'm just adding pieces. And then moving them around. The team's horrible. Why wouldn't I be trying to make moves? Okay. No, that's fine. It's auto-draft. The hot, hot Hornet in fantasy. I'm going to go with Jeremy Lamb, uh, despite having a lackluster game in San Antonio. When he's in the ball game, he's looking to score and he's looking to rebound. and, And you want guys that not only are averaging good minutes per game, but also are very aggressive. And I don't know if there's a more aggressive Hornet right now than Jeremy Lamb, and he's getting picked up a lot in league. So get him while you can. Hey, here's another good pickup. Go out there and nab Aaron Aflalo. We've talked a little bit about him. He's going to make his uh, debut against the Hornets in Charlotte. Uh, He's owned in 37% of Yahoo leagues and 57% of ESPN leagues. So if he's still available, why not take a chance on Aaron Aflalo? Because he could easily be, you know, 15, 16 point a game player for... uh, a Knicks offense that needs. I mean, they need outside shooting. And then another guy, Nemanja Bjelica for the Minnesota Timberwolves. That's good. (laughs) It was slow, but it was good. Listen, I'm about accuracy. I I don't want to go too quick here. I think you nailed it. (laughs) All right. 
Bielitsa double figures his last two games. Watch out for him tonight against the Hornets. He's becoming a go-to piece in a KG-less lineup for the Wolves. So they like to get him in there for KG. And and you might not see KG play in this game because it is a back-to-back for the Wolves. So that could be a cheap, Yeah, that, nice guy's, a, that guy's a big body, too. Yeah, that could be a nice, cheap pickup in a daily fantasy league. Bielitsa. He, wait, wait, wait. You, it is Bielitsa. That is right. Ne- Nemanja? Nemanja? Tell, me, tell me more about these daily. What is it, this daily fantasy league? I'll tell you what. I just saw a tweet come across the line that said that the New York Attorney General has given cease and desist orders to mm. to FanDuel and DraftKings. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Hey. Well, we live in North Carolina, so we're all right. Yeah. Uh, again, Bielitsa, he's a three-point shooter on a team that doesn't have a lot of three-point shooting, so you know he's going to be behind the line. You know he's going to, to make those three-pointers. He's only owned, get this, David, he's only owned in 15% of ESPN leagues. So that number's rising fast. He was owned in 1% last week, now 15%. He'll, it'll continue to rise as he plays more. Get Bielitsa while he's hot. And time to cut the cord, D'Angelo Russell. This uh, People may argue with me on this one, but he's not averaging the minutes, I think, that, that fantasy people would have hoped out of a high draft pick on a bad team. And, I mean, you got Byron Scott coaching him. I don't trust that, and I don't trust the fact that Byron Scott is trying to win now with the Lakers. I, I mean, I don't get it. But that doesn't spell good things for D'Angelo, who would probably – you know, well, first of all, they're playing him a little out of position, playing Jordan Clarkson mostly at the point. So they need some clarity on that team. Yeah, uh, they well, need yeah. some clarity around what Kobe's doing, and until they get that, it's just going to be, it's going to be a mess. Yeah, they need some Claritin because they're allergic to winning. <laughs> yeah, there's yep, yep, better yep, talent. Yep, okay. Listen, there's better talent to be had at the guard position. Time to cut the cord on D'Angelo Russell. There is your fantasy update just in time man i tell you i timed this show perfectly on the line right now our good friend from at the nick denning nick welcome in my friend hey how's it going good it's going very well it's time for uh, uh, one of our favorite new segments nick's picks where we we hop in a hot take balloon and look over the vast wilderness of the nba schedule with one of our favorites, with one of our favorite Nicks, not Nick Stauskas, not Nicholas Miritich, not even Nick Batum. It's Nick Denning. It's a big year for Knicks in the NBA, Nick. Does, yeah, that, does that make you I, proud? A little bit, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> Unless. <laughs> All, right. All right, let's jump into these, Doug. Uh, last week's <laughs> results David and I went two and one. Nick, you dropped everything but your Hornets lock. All three of us actually. So we we flipped. I should have it. been three and zero. The game I lost, I believe, was OKC. Mm-hmm. And they mm-hmm. let, who they let? Toronto. Toronto yeah. went in there and won. I'm telling you, Toronto, it, dangerous team I thought right I, now. I thought I went two and one. I thought I went two and one. I uh, I okay, counted maybe. one and two. That's fine. I'll take it. <laughs> we'll have to if check. Only, we'll only, have to check it now. It's a good thing we don't have a recording of that, so <laughs> no one can ever know. Well, I look. I looked at the email. I I I feel like I'm confident in this, but we'll take a look. So for right now, these an asterisk is by these results, Jeez. but overall we're knotted at three and we three. We may have to. We may have to. Uh, QC these numbers, Nick. For <laughs> I don't know. I don't like what's going on here. Hey, don't question my scorekeeping. <laughs> All right, uh, Nick. We'll start with you. Who you got? 
and I'm writing these down. <laughs> okay. Um, Hornets lock this week is uh, tomorrow's game against the Knicks. I just think that, you know, you look at the schedule this week, Friday's going to be tough against Chicago. Sunday, even though it's a home game, I'm not, you know, I, I just, Portland, Portland's been good and bad this year. We don't know which we're going to get. I just, I just like tomorrow night. Um, let's see, League Pass special. I've got uh, Thursday. It's We have the Utah Jazz at the Miami Heat. I'm going to go with Utah in that game. Um, it's going to be an interesting matchup. You know, a lot, a lot of defensive centers there, Rudy Gobert and, and uh, Hassan Whiteside. Um, you know, East Coast matchup. I, I like Utah on the road. And then uh, national TV game. I'm going to go with Golden State at Minnesota. That's also on Thursday. And I'm picking uh, Golden State in that one on the road. Um, but, you know, we're going we're gonna to see him tonight. But I think just, you know, Golden State's a fun team. Minnesota's been a fun team. That should just generally be a fun game to watch, no matter what the score is. So there you go. If Golden State follows through and doesn't lose any more games this year, as I predicted last year, what, what's the cutoff point to when no one can pick them? <laughs> yeah, that's a good – well, I said – Christmas. I, I made the declaration yeah. over electronic mail that David was no longer – or David couldn't pick Golden State this week. You can't pick Golden State three weeks in a row. I mean, row. at least I picked them that's against going, the We're Clippers. laying down that rule. I picked them against the Clippers. It doesn't look. Steph Curry no. has proven it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, it does exactly. They need, just need to play themselves. But Golden State at, at Minnesota, I don't. I don't think Minnesota really has a shot. But Nick's right. I mean, you've got young talent versus slightly older talent. But how do you turn down? Anytime you've got the Warriors on TV, it's hard to go against recommending to sit down and watch them. Well, here's because here is the. The big matchup is Steph Curry versus Ricky Rubio. I mean, you got one of the, yeah. the the most elite offensive players and offensive dribblers in the game, and then you've got Ricky Rubio, who is, in my mind, the best defensive point guard in the league. Pound for pound. Hmm. Who do you got? Who do you, you, know who do you have in that either. matchup? What you say? Oh, who who do I have? Let's see. Um, Ricky Rubio, Steph I, Curry. I gotta take- I got to take Curry. I mean, yeah. and it's nothing against Rubio, but I mean, it's just, I mean, is there anyone who's playing better than him right now? No, I don't think so. No. One of the Monstars, I believe, had, had a better you think yeah. Rubio, You think Rubio can stay? I don't think anyone can stay with Curry. He put up. Uh, you don't have to stay with him. That's the thing. You have to slow him down. Yeah. You, you can't. Good luck. No. Good well, luck. That's what I'm saying. Like, you don't have one to on, stop him. One on four, fast, gonna, one on four fast break pulled up for a three, which I've seen him do a lot, and he nailed it. I mean, it's unbelievable. Well, and fun if you're not, if you don't care who wins or if you don't care who's playing them. If you don't pick them three weeks in a row, who you got, David? Hornets lock. I am in step with Nick going against the Knicks tomorrow night, 7 p.m. Hornets will get that win. Um, you know, I didn't think about that Portland game. I, I think that that could be another win on Sunday, but um, I like them coming back home. Uh, during the week to get a win against the next two. Uh, league pass game. I'm going with the Pistons. Hello. The Pistons of Detroit at the Clippers. Saturday at 3.30, a little matinee. If you get bored of college football, football never to this. The Pistons are making some noise right now, and Andre Drummond is a beast. I think it's going to be interesting to see him go up against uh, DeAndre Jordan, Blake Griffin, and those guys. And... um I don't know if Reggie Jackson can keep that output going, but it'll be fun watching him try to do it against against Chris Paul. Well, can Andre keep averaging 20 points and 20 rebounds? I don't see why not. 
<laughs> I mean, it's been it's been amazing to watch some of these individual performances this year, whether it be Steph or Andre or the young guys in Minnesota. Yeah, and I got to give it up to Van Gundy. I mean, he has turned that – you couldn't watch the Pistons last year. At least I couldn't. I mean, they were not an enjoyable team to watch play basketball. And, and he has transformed him into a, a entertaining watch that's winning. Uh, I know it's early, but he's really – I think he's done a good job with that team so far. Well, and, and you have to think, Nick, I mean, he – I don't think there's been any – a coach in the league that's done more like oh, what the hell are they doing over there and gotten a better result. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, but I feel like, I feel like Van Gundy's just, he knew what he wanted. He had his vision for it. You know, he wanted to have that four out one in style and the guys he brought in, I mean, individually you say, well, I mean, are they really going to th- you move the needle that much? But as a, as a collective unit, they've really, they've really done well. Reggie Jackson's improvement. I think the last, it's carried over, I think, into this year a little bit as well. But last last season, he finished really well. He started the season strong this year, and you know what? Like they got a, they've they've had a you know a good start, but they get Brandon Jennings back next month, and it, and people forget that he was playing very well before he got hurt. So that'll be another interesting thing to see what happens when he comes back. Yeah, you know what's interesting about that Pistons and Van Gundy? They're, he's trying to recreate some of that Orlando magic, which is exactly <laughs> what uh, Wait a what, no Cliff, <laughs> what Clifford has. Not the Orlando Magic, but some of the Orlando Magic. Yeah, um, you're saying that's what Clifford thing. has harkened back to in talking about this uh, this one one in four out strategy here in Charlotte too. So um, when you got a guy like Drummond being the one though, it certainly helps. I'm taking the Clips in that Drummies. game, by the way. Clippers. You're taking the Clippers. The Clippers. In this one? Okay. Well, we had the same league pass special. Oh. I like the Saturday game. I like the after. Can I make an admission to you guys? I mean, we're not talking to anyone else. It's just us three, right? I was watching NBA TV and this Minnesota Atlanta you know showdown was happening and Atlanta was coming back from that 34 point deficit mm-hmm. and I thought to myself I may need to buy league pass. You don't have a league pass, bro? No, why why you know I watch so much Hornets and and I watch a lot of highlights and I watch you know Dawkins YouTube channel for my you know kind of around the league. Man you I, look, I watch a lot of basketball, and I don't even know. That's that's my whole thing with League Pass. Like, I don't know if it would be worth it if I would get any more basketball than I already get, other than just it being live. Nick, you have League Pass, right? They need a League Pass Red Zone channel. I don't know what you would call it, but I need, like, I need games, highlights being delivered to me in, in, a, in a more condensed way. Yeah. I've, I'll actually admit, I've had League Pass the past two years, um, and this year I actually cut it back just to the Hornets because I'm, I'm even though I'm in North Carolina, I am just outside of the like blackout zone, so oh. I can still because I'm on like the coast. Bastard. So did you so, just did you do one team? I just did one team this okay. year, but it's you know I, I'm it, I'll tell you, Doug, it's it's very much worth it because. You know, there'll be nights the Hornets aren't on, and you're just sitting at home, and you're going, "Well, what can I watch?" Oh, look, Kings Jazz are on. But what like, team would I pick? I, All of them. I, I can't. No, if I just did the one <laughs> we, team, I uh, couldn't pick. It sounds like you're falling in love with the Wolves. So. <laughs> I really <laughs> like watching Carl Anthony Towns. You know? Yeah, we could don't we could spit all that. Don't worry about that. Yeah, Nick's right yeah. there, like on a Friday night or something. I don't do anything. It's on a Friday, lot of money Friday though. Uh, Nick's right. It's always there for you, comforting. Calling you, 
Yeah, it is not. I, I will admit, though, it's tough. It, there's, there's, there's a lot of basketball. On. I, I got a lot of Fallout Four to play as well. All right, next, my no, no, no. <laughs> I've got one more. Wait, really? I've already National said game. my National oh my game. gosh. Yeah, you were, be talking quick, about, you were you're talking be quicker about the on these. What's talking the, about the Wolves again? National it? game on NBA TV. That's a national game. That's a national game. It's on tonight in about 15 minutes. OKC at Washington. Does anyone know if Bradley Beal is playing tonight? I don't believe so. Had the shoulder. I don't believe it. Yeah, yeah. I had the shoulder issue. I'm still going to take the. So thunder. you got Gary Neal. You're betting on Gary Neal right now. <laughs> I'm going to take the Thunder, but this thing's interesting with this whole KD Washington. The whole there yeah. may be a whole section of fans with freaking KD jerseys he's on up there it's his last game uh assuming these two teams don't meet in the finals i think it's the last game he'll play there before we he can't hits, assume that before he with the way the wizards are playing before, we can't assume before that. he hits i'm gonna go ahead and assume it um <laughs> before he hits free agency so i think there could be a little extra mojo there's been so much talk about that but uh he usually has a good game there too i'm taking the thunder okay uh so again just to recap uh we had the same league pass special for the national TV treat, I'm going San Antonio at Portland. Yeah. That's a Wednesday game at 10.30 p.m., so that's going to be a tough one for uh, the East Coasters to stay up for. But listen, what's going on in Portland? You've got Lillard and C.J. McCollum mm-hmm. averaging 48.7 points per game. That's only behind Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook. So that tandem is tearing it up right now, so that'll be fun to see because you've got Portland with great guard play and you've got San Antonio with amazing big play. So And you've got LaMarcus going back to Portland. Of course. So that's the you know, I've said I'm buried I buried the lead. And you've got I buried the, the lead. And you've got one of the best places to watch a game or to you know, the viewing experience from a frame at home fan at home watching the the uh, Blazers crowd. I love that. That's, that's one of my favorite <laughs> venues in the NBA. That's how good Lillard and McCollum have been, Nick. I forgot LaMarcus going back to Portland. You know what? That's To me, the reason I think I forgot it is because there didn't seem to be like a ton of animosity. There was no like Dwight Howard-esque. It was just like LaMarcus yeah. was like, look, I'm the best player. They're too, I'm going... they're too nice in Portland, man. I mean, they're just cool people. <laughs> I watch Portlandia, I know. Uh, so, And then the hidden weapon in Portland, by the way, Al Farouk Amino. He's leading the team in rebounds. He's been in the league six years but he's shooting 42.9% from deep. That's better uh, than he shot since his rookie year, and he's been in the league six years. So Al Farouk taking what uh, Coach Terry Stotts has said is a Wesley Matthews, Nicholas Batum-type leap into you know NBA, not stardom, but sort of sub-stardom. And then my Hornets lock, I'm going tonight. Against the Wolves this at is, this, Minnesota. Oh, okay, okay. I thought you were gonna. Yeah, I thought you were gonna jump in with. I thought we were all three going Knicks. No, I can't believe I'm going you're, you're going against your Wolves. I just think there are there are some matchup issues. More, and I know there's a matchup issue, obviously, with Carl Anthony Towns versus Al Jefferson. But I just think the bench for Minnesota is a little, a little weak, and I think the second unit wants to respond after falling behind in San Antonio. So, yeah, I'm going Hornets lock tonight against the Wolves. You'll know, (laughs) you'll know if you listen to this on iTunes or Stitcher, you'll know if I were, if I got that one right or not. Nick, it's time for a Nick fact. Oh, okay. So you all know um, who Darius Johnson, Johnson Odom is. Uh, He he played for the um, Clippers. 
didn't he? He may have played for he he, he was the um, he briefly played for the Lakers, um, but he was a big player at Marquette for three years. That was his kind of that's where he, you know he played well there. Anyways, I um, played against him in high school. What? And um, yeah, now I'm yeah, looking. Now I'm looking him up, Nick. So you, so you, okay, what yeah. position did you play in high school? Um, it's, that's, that, that's very tough. It wasn't, I didn't really get on the court enough to really <laughs> get a defined position, you know? Um, but, uh, this, this, uh, this night I happened to for some reason. Um, and I got caught in a, uh, one-on-one fast break with Darius Johnson Odom. I did not have the ball, mind you. I was the defender and, um, and he, and I tried to. Um, I decided to jump with him as he as he took a took an attempt at the rim, and he he dunked on me pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. it, uh, and it um, you know knocked me to the ground. You know it was it was the first time that it ever happened to me. I think that's probably why I did it because I didn't realize what I was getting myself into. And the worst part about it is, uh, you know, some of my teammates are friends with him, and I learned later that um, he framed a photo of it and put it in his beach house. What? Really? So that's. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. That's, it must have been a serious. So I, I, you see, this is the good thing was it's before smartphone eras, you know, so no one really recorded it, but someone did get that picture. I need to meet. Yeah. Wow. I need to meet Nick Denning's writing staff because these stories so far, <laughs> these Nick facts have been almost. Well, you know, the, you know the old saying: you've never been in a real game until you've been dunked on. So by Darius Johnson Odom, mm-hmm. and and so I looked up the stats yeah. here. He he played seven total games in his NBA career and did not score a single point in the <laughs> NBA. In his, it looks like he averaged uh, three minutes a game for seven games for yeah. a total for a grand total of twenty one minutes. Math. But uh, so he didn't score a single game in the NBA, but he's got two points framed in his beach house. <laughs> That's pretty. I mean, <laughs> it's a pretty I ridiculous. Think it's cool in a way. Oh, it's absolutely cool. Listen, yeah. to be dunked yeah. on by an NBA player. Yeah. yeah. I don't care if they yeah. played, you know, 700 games or seven. That's amazing. Yeah. That's a story you tell. What's he up to these days, you know? On Hive Talk Live. I just looked on um, just looked on his Wikipedia page, so you know because that's accurate. Um, he is he's playing in Turkey for um, uh, cannot pronounce the the name. You'll have to look it up yourself. But um, yeah, he's playing in Turkey. So I believe yeah, it's, it's I believe it's pronounced yeah. Bielitsa. No, <laughs> it's uh, Trabzonspor. Trabzonspor. Yeah, that's that sounds right. No, I, I good was just fact. that was good fact tonight. Phonetic. All right. Uh, so let's um, – we have a few minutes left. Uh, Nick, I, or I'll ask one of these questions that I had planned. What are some of the – what are your favorite NBA storylines so far? We'll start with Nick. Well, I mean, it's, this is going to go kind of with what a lot of people are saying, but I've really been – like I've been excited about Chris Stapps for Zingas. I mean, just because, mm-hmm. like, you know – it, it's it's cool to see when everyone gets excited. I mean, he's, and he's actually playing pretty well. Twelve points a game, eight rebounds. I mean, it's not like he's just getting highlights. He's actually putting the numbers. Um, it's it's fun to see. He's fun to watch, and 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 it's just cool to see people getting excited about him. I like that, and and I think Knicks fans would honestly be okay with just highlights, you know, and not just numbers. <laughs> just the, a the dunk. Fact, the just fact, a dunk or two. Yeah, the fact that they're getting both out of Kristaps because the the big worry was. Is this guy going to be a complete dud? 
because there were so many question marks and being a foreign player and not, not having a lot of tape on this guy, you know, and there were some comparisons, unfair comparisons to Sean Bradley and different things. And so, you know, having, having him produce it all and be so confident about it. That's nice to see. David, yeah. your, your favorite storyline. My so favorite storyline right now is the Warriors and how they're never going to lose again. <laughs> but honestly, I mean, they the stuff they're doing right now and watching Steph and just I was impressed with how good how they just picked up from last year. Uh their play is on another level now. Um I know that's kind of old and tired, but I think that's just that has been impressive knowing this year they've got the target on their back taking some of that motivation from whatever people were saying. They got lucky, you know, they didn't have to face so-and-so. So that's been pretty amazing to me to watch. And then you throw Steph in, and he's just doing he's just doing Steph stuff. My favorite storyline from this season so far, it's early in the season, is the fact that the NBA future is healthy. I mean, whether you look at the, the rookies that have come in this year, uh, Emmanuel Moutier, Carl Anthony Towns. I think D'Angelo Russell will be fine once Byron Scott is fired. And <laughs> so, you know, there, there's so much young talent from the rookie class, but then the sophomores are playing well as, you know, Andrew Wiggins, like David said early on, is just poised for stardom. So it's always nice to see. I mean, when you, when we were talking about, like, guys like KG and Kobe and different guys who are on their last legs – that seems to be like a big storyline this year. It's nice to know, hey, on the other side of the spectrum, this league's going to be fine because we've already got stars that are ready to perform now. Oh, Jalil Okafor, by the way, 20 and 10 guy already. So that's my favorite storyline from the year. Nick, that was an amazing Nick fact. I don't know how you're going to follow it up next week, but we'll we'll be all ears. Yeah, well, I appreciate you, appreciate you having me on again. Look forward to it next week. And uh, look forward to the game tonight in about an hour. All right. Go Hornets. Let's swarm. Thanks, Nick. Thanks, Nick. That's right. We have a game. We have a game tonight, Doug. That's right. We talked about it a little bit. Again, if you want to go uh, over to atthehive.com and check out the game preview, and of course, right after the game, there will be a little bit of a recap and then a, and then a big recap there on At The Hive. So check that out. Hey, we're actually on time. This is one of the, the few times we're on time. So uh, time for one last thing. And this comes to us from Sirius XM Radio, the the NBA channel. And I've got to find my – this is an important read, so I actually have to find the, the piece of paper that I need for this. But this has to do with <laughs> – I'm just throwing paper all over the place. All right, this has to do with uh, our, our favorite rookie, Charlotte Hornets rookie, Frank Kaminsky, and Pistons rookie, Stanley Johnson. Recently, they hosted an episode, the season premiere of their weekly radio show, Year one, and it got real personal, real quick. Frank Kaminsky sharing one of his deepest, darkest fears as a child. Here it is. Drum roll, please. How about how about you, Frank? Anybody that makes you uh, freeze up in, in the past or, or cry uh, outside of maybe Harry Potter? Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> Chucky. So Chuck E. Cheese. Classic Frank. Frank's biggest fear, just on the spot. And here was his further explanation. I used to be horrified of Chuck E. Cheese when I was Chuck a kid. E. Like when they had the big costume come out, like they, it'd be like the fake dancing ones on the stage, and then the real one would come out in the costume. I used to just run around, run away screaming and crying. I was so scared. Oh, kids! Dude, everyone's laughing at him. 
Who was that? D'Angelo Russell that was like Chuck E. Cheese? No, that was so that was uh, Stanley Johnson. Uh, so, sorry. Uh, a new episode of Year One airs every Thursday at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern, gives listeners an inside look at the life of an NBA rookie. The show re airs on Saturday at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern, and that again is on Sirius XM NBA. David, is there anything as a kid that you were irrationally scared of? Going way back. Um, way, way back. Cement mixing trucks. Really? Yeah. I've, I'm afraid I've passed it on to my son, too. I'm sorry, son. What? <laughs> Maybe they're just really scary. You know, like riding in the car, you pull up to one at a stoplight, and it's it's churning. It's going. It and, freaked me and out. What and what were you thinking? Like, I could end up in that? Was it sort of a buried alive yeah. thing? Yeah. Maybe I'd watched too many like episodes of Knight Rider or something when that happened. Dukes of Hazard, What have you. <laughs> well, Knight Rider. Too many episodes. So at least you I mean, at least you weren't if there is such a thing. I was gonna say at least you weren't, you know, irrationally afraid of uh, uh the Hoff. No. Why would I, why would anyone be Afraid of the Hoff. Why would anyone be afraid of cement mixers? All right, mine mine was actually, it was a television show. Well, this is a safe place, Doug. <laughs> no judgment. Uh, mine was actually a television show, ALF. I was irrationally afraid of ALF, the alien, yep. the 80s who loved eating cats. Yeah, yeah. And now I am r- irrationally afraid of cats. So I don't even know what's happening. Now you need an ALF. You can that's use an elf now to protect you from all the cats. <laughs> right? I mean, that's, I don't know. Yeah, sure. Hey, thanks for joining us, by the way. Thanks to our guest, Nick Denning, for his Knicks picks. This has been a really fun show. Enjoy the game tonight. Again, they tip off 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern time there in Minnesota. We're going to be back on Saturday for another Saturday sit-down, and we'll be talking about all the action that happened with the uh, Timberwolves, the Knicks, and the Bulls, and of course, we'll give you a preview of the game coming up on Sunday at home against the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, until then, thanks to uh, my co-host, David Walker, and his irrational fears of cement mixers. Cement mixers, yeah. And for producer Katie for uh, doing all the great stuff on uh, t- the Twitter. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Hive Talk Live. Until Saturday, folks, enjoy the Hornets action. Let's swarm Charlotte.